0: Come on, let's make some noise this morning. So excited to be here. How many of you guys are excited to be in the house today? I'ma tell you what. I'ma tell you what. You got this has been fire the past few weeks, man. Like, I just believe something's happened after be about it. God's doing something in some lives. We're here to celebrate today. This this section over here is on fire today. No, we're, we're excited that you're here for week two of the vow. So, so pumped for you to be here. Um, just so many exciting things going on. How about give it up for our worship team one time, guys? Come on, radiate worship. You guys, every doggone week, it's insane. So, Uh, God works through you. So glad that you're here. If you want to, if you can, go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 24 and move uh, forward from there. Uh, If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It's going to come up on the screen. And uh, I, I do get this question. Do you mind if I use my Bible on my phone? No, I don't care. All right, you can pull up your social media and you can put notes out on social media if you want to. It doesn't matter. Just tag us. Just tag Radiate Church. We'd love for that to happen today. So we're on week two of The Vow, all right? And so last week, if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and watch it and check that out and uh, listen to it, watch it, whatever it is on our app or or our website or our YouTube channel. But we talked about last week, we talked about priorities and how important it is to get the priorities right. To get the priorities on first, so we put the most important things in first and then we put everything else in around it. And and part of the issue is most of our relationships, relationships are not doomed uh they're not messed up they're not bad it's that good things take the priority over the the better things it's not bad things killing our marriage it's the good things in the wrong place a lot of times and so it's the priorities thing so if you missed that go back and watch that I don't want to re-preach it although I could um but I've heard some amazing things from some um from some couples and some people this week about how that message has really hurt helped them not hopefully it didn't hurt them and um But my wife and I really uh, read a book not too long ago when we first got married that really changed our relationship and our lives. And so we wanted to bless a couple in the 10 o'clock experience today uh, with that book. It's called The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, It's an amazing book that really helps you understand because today we're talking about pursuit, how to pursue. All right. So you singles perk up and take some notes today. I'm going to help you out. All right. Uh, and married folks, perk up and take some notes today because it's something that can fall a lot. But uh, the five love languages, so you can understand how to pursue uh, people in the right way. All right. So I want to give this to a couple today. Um, but I need to know raise your hand if you're in the room and you've been married for one year. One. All right. Okay. Right there. One year. Anybody else? Hold them up. Hold them up so I can see one year. All right. We got a couple of couples. How many? All right. Uh, six months. Nope. How long? 23. All right, let's do that. 23 years, raise your hands. If you've been married at, 20, at least 23 years, you got y'all like, I don't understand what he's asking. If you've been married at least 23 years, raise your hands. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, 20 years, at least 20 years. There you go. At least 10. Sweet. All right, now, let me ask this. If you've been married less than one year, raise your hands right back there. Y'all come on up here and get this book right here today. Come on, y'all. If you got it, you can give it to somebody else. Cody's coming up. Angela, y'all give it up for them. Hey, I did their wedding. I did their wedding. You are ultra blessed because I did your wedding. Love you guys, man. And they got a baby. They need to read that one for sure. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, if you have that, Cody, and, and you may, since I told you to probably get it um give it to somebody that that you know could use it all right um but we just wanted to bless some couples if you don't know anything about that book go find that book at books a million and buy it and read it together now here's the thing men a lot of times we can look at our wives and go read that and tell me what it's all about don't do that all right Read it and then hand it off, or read a chapter and hand it off, and and then talk about the chapter. Okay, do what we got to do. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about pursuit today. Are you ready? All right, man, I'm I'm excited. Have you ever noticed that uh, a lot of times when we want something bad enough, we will make ourselves look like fools to get it, won't we? You know what I'm saying, like. If you want it bad enough, because, yeah, I mean, let's take, all right, guys, let's talk about, and and ladies, there's a lot of sports fans in here that that are females. Let's talk about championships for our favorite team, right? We will go all out, won't we? Because we think our cheering from the TV somehow makes the team play harder. Or if you're in the stands, I, I remember I went to a USC game this year and my my son and my daughter were with me and y'all, it, it, if you remember it, it was the Missouri game and the bottom dropped out at halftime. It was a monsoon craziness, right? And we're standing there, me and my, my kids, and they didn't want to leave. And so I'm like, if you don't want to leave, I'm not leaving because I come to about one or two games a year and I'm living this thing up. We're in a monsoon and we are beating on the bleachers, like the back of the bleachers, y'all. My ring fell off. You know, I had to like find out all this stuff. We're beating on the bleachers because we thought, you know, if we made noise, it would make USC play a little bit harder and they ended up winning the game. Some of that you see on the TV, these guys that like paint up, right? Were y'all those people in high school? You know what I'm saying? You'd paint up, you know what I'm saying? And, and you get there, and you're, it's 20 degrees outside, and you're shirtless. Go get your brain checked, because there's something wrong. Because something about that makes you think that they're going to play harder, right? I'm going to pick on somebody that likes to pick on everybody else at this church a lot. Austin, right? His tea, come on, y'all give it up for Austin. He's one of our coaches here at Radiate. Austin, his team is the Los Angeles Rams, and so you know that they just played in the Super Bowl. I've never seen somebody that does not play on the team wear more of the team apparel at one time in my life. Dude shows up, he's got pads on and a helmet, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, it's, it's he's wearing cleats on a Sunday morning trying to get in the game. I'm just kidding. Because we think that stuff helps, right? So if we want something bad enough, we want that championship so we do what we can to get it there, right? And so we want something bad enough. And you know what I'm talking about because whenever you find somebody that is pretty enough and has the personality and you're just like, man, that's my girl right there. I got to have her. I got to be with him. We will look stupid to get their attention. I want to show you what I'm talking about. I'm about to help you. This is so practical today. This is going to be so good right here. I'm going to give you an idea and and tell them not to watch it until after you've just done what I'm about to show you. Don't watch this message. Just tell them don't watch this message till you've done this. I'm just telling you. I y'all y'all know my wife. She's she is beautiful and amazing. She is incredible, and 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 y'all she she. I remember whenever she got out of her burnt orange Ford Explorer. With a butterfly sticker that took up the entire back window, she had the the two twelves in the back system. you know what I'm saying? Like she pulls up at church camp, I'm the young guy that's a counselor. She she ain't even supposed to be there as a camper. She pulls up and it's like, oh heavens, open up and praise the Lord. An angel steps up. You think there's gonna be trumpets? whenever angels come no nah, this was y'all she steps out heavens open up the halo comes down this beautiful girl steps out and i'm like oh my gosh this is the most beautiful woman i've ever seen in my entire life right and so she steps up and she's got uncle cracker kicking is what it is i don't even remember the name of the song right y'all laughing because y'all y'all were hellions with her y'all knew all about that just kidding. Calm down. It's just a joke. And so, y'all, we I see her, and I'm like, oh, I got to get her number, man. I got her number before she left that week. We won't talking about I shouldn't have done that but anyway I got a number that week and I called her and I and I had one of her friends who's actually here with me today help me on my side I was like you got to help me out dog like let's do this thing it was a girl she was like he's cute he's good she's over there going I don't know if I believe that but I'll tell her you know and all this stuff and so we worked this thing out and we started dating after a while and y'all I had to pursue hard because I knew I was batting out of my league anybody with me on that I was out kicking my coverage By a mile, and I knew it. I was like, I got to do something. You got to get her attention. So we're dating for a while, and y'all, I get this brilliant idea. See, I feel like writing is in my my calling. I really do. Like, I'm going to release some books and stuff like that. But, y'all, at an early age, I knew that I was the poet of all poets. (laughs) Like, I was the modern-day Dr. Seuss. I could do this thing. And, y'all, I went, and I spent weeks writing a poem called My Princess (laughs) and y'all I I typed it up and I got people to proofread it for me edit this thing and I had to make don't uh me (laughs) I'm teaching you something man no I'm just kidding and so I took y'all, I printed it out on paper, and I, I boiled tea bags, Justin. I boiled tea bags. This is for you. And I rubbed a tea bag on a white piece of paper to make it look weathered. And I took some water, and I put my finger in it, and I rubbed it along the edge, and then I lit the edge of the paper on fire, and it stopped when it got to the water. And it was worn, scroll-looking paper, baby. Look at that right there. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a, that right there is a work of art. I wrote this poem. I put it. I burnt the edges to it. I rolled it up and tied it up with a little bow. And I said, baby, I got something for you. She was like, oh, what is it? And I pulled this out, and she read it, and she was like, oh. That's sweet. <laughs> I'm like, you like it? And she's like, uh-huh. No, I'm just kidding. She actually cried when she read it. Let me tell y'all a little bit about this poetic genius right here. All right? This says something. Y'all, you got to, when you're doing this, listen, when you pursue it, you got to use words you don't normally use during the day. Because they got to rhyme, and it's got to be, like, creative, you know? So I said this. Y'all, this is so good right here. You ready? Take notes. You ready? I could sit here and stare in your eyes all day long and into the night. Not night, don't you put a T on the end of that. You use nah. It is not understood how I feel, but I wonder about it at every meal. <laughs> Come on, that right there, you can't pay for that, man. That's good. That's good. Huh? <laughs> man. Uh I said, um <laughs> This is so dumb. The first first the first paragraph was this. From the start I felt the spark. Everything was there. I just didn't know from where. Like, good gosh, what are you doing, son? Here's the la- I'm going to read you the last phrase. You ready? The last phrase. This is the best part of the whole thing right here. Because you know, when you get to the end of a poem or a story, it's the last part that brings them back. You know what I'm saying? They go, oh, that's, a, that's an author I want to read again right there. <laughs> this is my only poem I've ever written in my life that tells you anything. It says this, I am yours, and you are mine. And good Lord, baby, you are so fine. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> You know, you you do whatever it takes, right? When I'd go to her house and and see her and hang out with her and and, and her parents and, and things, and before I would leave to go back home... I would take postcards with me, and I would write notes, little notes on postcards, and I'd leave them all around her house, and I'd put them in her makeup case, and I'd put them, you know, next to her toothbrush and things like that because I left as she was going to bed, and I'd go home, and, and, uh, and so she'd wake up to that stuff. And, and, and here's the thing, like, we'll do anything, really, to, to get, you know, what we, what we want in the moment, right? And, you know, that's, that's really why men, um, we go all out for proposals, Whenever we propose, because we're hoping that we've screwed everything else up. Maybe if we get this right, she'll just say yes and forget about the rest, you know. Like, I proposed, and I had uh, roses and candles set up at every area we used to hang out at at the place that we met. And I proposed to her uh, at the with the movie, one of our first movies that we ever watched together. And and I actually had the piece of paper where she wrote her name and phone number originally on it. And I turned, I flipped it over. It was blank on the back. And I wrote, Will You Marry Me on it? And so I handed her that. And she thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I said, Flip it over. And she flipped it over and looked at it. And when she looked up at me... I was on one knee with a diamond ring. Boy, you know what I'm saying. i Casanova up in here. And uh, we'll do anything to to pursue and and get what we don't. But we must be careful not to ever lose our sense of pursuit for our spouse and for God. We have to be careful with that because we'll write poems and we'll go all out for proposals and we'll go on dates. Y'all know, I went big on our first date. I took her to Wendy's. That's a true statement right there. I couldn't set the bar too high. Hey, listen, listen, singles, just hear this. Where you set the bar is where you got to keep it. Set it at Wendy's at the dollar menu, and Red Lobster is a step up, and you're okay. That's high dining right there. We go to Ruth's Chris now, and you'd think I flew her to California because we started at Wendy's. But we, gotta, we can't lose our, our sense of pursuit. We must always keep that. Because the thing is, is, the reason we go all out in the beginning is this. By nature, as humans, we pursue what we don't have. We pursue what we don't yet have. We pursue what we want. We pursue that job because it's a life-changing opportunity for us financially and, and career-wise. But once we get it and we're in it six months, we hate everything about it. So we pursue something else. We pursue our education because it's going to make us better until we're two years in to our higher education and we get frustrated and walk out the door and never want to do it again because we're tired of pursuing something because now that we got it, we don't want it. You know what I'm saying? I, we pursue a greater relationship with God until there comes a point when things seem to be going south and God seems to be silent. And what we forget is, is that the teachers are often silent in the middle of a test and so we walk out of the relationship because the test is quiet and now all of a sudden we want to look at God and go, I can't pursue anymore. We, we pursue our spouses or, or our significant others until we have them. And then when we have them and we're three years into the marriage, it gets dull and it gets boring. And now they're saying things like, you don't love me anymore. And you're going, I don't understand that. I go to work and pay our bills. And she's going, that's not what I'm talking about. I didn't say you don't support me. I say, you don't love me. Because we don't pursue anymore. Are you with me today? We pursue by nature what we don't have. And and the things you did to get them are the things you got to do to keep them. Listen to me. Don't be in a relationship with a mask on. Because eventually the mask is going to fall off. And you'll get three years into a marriage and go, Who are you and where did you come from? Because this is nowhere close to who you were when we were dating. And you'll get tired of putting up a charade. And so we got to learn to pursue, genuinely pursue what it looks like. And let me tell you this today. Let me give you this thought, this, this phrase to write down. And, and because marriage is tough. Just bottom line. If you're in here today and you feel like your marriage is just harder than any, any other marriage, I just want to tell you that's not true and that's a lie of the enemy because marriage is hard. Relationships are difficult. I told you last week we got through a year and we weren't even through a few months of our marriage and I threw our ring on the bed and told her I was done and walking away because I couldn't do this. And then we just decided that we're just two different people that's got to learn to come together on common ground with common vision and move forward. And we're talking a little bit about that next week. She's actually, my wife's going to be up here with me next week helping me preach the gospel. It's going to be an amazing time. But here's the thing. I want you to know something. That the moment we lose our sense of pursuit then we've forgotten to be creative and we've forgotten that who we're with is worth pursuing. Listen, if you're dating today, I want you to hear me. Don't ever think that you're not worth pursuing. Don't ever be with somebody that never dresses up for you, never says things nice, never does things nice, never buys you gifts, that just looks at you and goes, I just like you how you are, baby. Get in the truck and let's go. Like, I'm talking about somebody that cleans their truck and goes... You know what I'm saying? Somebody that takes care of it because of, and I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying you want somebody that tries to impress you. And it feels like I'm picking on men today, but you know the truth is, is ma- ladies, we need to be pursued too. And we're going to talk about that. But we don't need to be pursued in desperation. We need to be pursued in obedience to God. Come on. Because when we get pursuit, when we begin to pursue out of desperation, we, we, we go back on our values and our morals, and we begin to give things away that weren't ours to give away to begin with. And so then we get in a situation where in our pursuit, we became soul-tied to somebody that we were never meant to even be relationally tied to. Are you with me today? Are you with me today? See, I want to give you this thought. If the grass looks greener somewhere else, water your own grass. Married folk, listen to me. I just want to talk to the married people for a minute. If the Leave that up because we just need to know that. If the grass looks greener anywhere else, water your own grass. I can't go, when I walk out in my yard and I look, and I've got dead grass. And I look at my neighbor, this is true, I look at my neighbor and he's got like, Yard of the month club going all the time. And he tells me what he does to make his grass green, to make it level, to make it plush. It feels like you're walking on a cloud when you walk on his. It It feels like you're walking in a desert when you walk on mine. You know what I'm saying? You know what the difference is? He takes care of his yard better, honestly, than I do on mine. He knows how to make his grass grow higher, plusher, greener. Many times in marriages, we'll look at somebody else and go, well, he loves her like that, and she loves him like that, and then we start comparing spouses to somebody else that you're not even in relationship with. You don't, we got to stop comparing a, a highlight reel to behind the scenes. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know who they are, you don't know what they struggle with, you don't know what they've gone through, you don't know all that stuff. And so we look and we go, well he does this and she does that and I wish you'd be this and I wish you'd do that. That's not biblical and logical or practical at all. That's nothing. If the grass looks greener somewhere else, you go out into your yard, you turn on the sprinkler and you start taking care of the grass that you're called to love. Look at your marriage and go, what do I need to do to make my marriage better? What do I need to do to be a better spouse? What do I need to do to be a better husband or a better better wife? Let's flip over to Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 24 real quick. It says this, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, I want to go to the NIV version for a minute. They're not going to throw that up there, so just leave that up. But the NIV actually has this word that says united. Where that says joined, this says united. If you go back to united and you go to the re, the, the root word, the root word for united is dalbach. Dalbach, D-A-B-A-Q, Dollback. And it means this, to cling to or adhere to. Now, catch this, to catch by pursuit. To pursue hard with affection and devotion so here's what the Bible is literally saying in Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 for this reason a man shall leave his father or mother listen to me that goes back to last week your kids were never meant to be your number two priority above your spouse they are called and destined to walk out of your life one day they will not forever be in your house we are sitting here as parents going "Oh, that makes me sad It should make you excited because of how you're going to raise them to be a world changer. They're not called to live in your house forever. Have some confidence in what God's instilled in you as a parent, right? It says that they'll leave and they will be joined or united or cling to or or adhere to their wife. Which means that they will always pursue With affection and with love. Listen, it's biblical to pursue your wife. It's biblical to pursue your husband no matter what. Let me give you a a glimpse into what that looks like in Psalm chapter 63. Psalm chapter 63 verse 8. It says, my soul soul clings to you. Your Your right hand upholds me. That right there, to cling to, united, cling to, adhere to. My soul clings or unites to you. This is to the Lord. My soul clings to you. Here's what that means, right? Come here, Justin. You hadn't, I hadn't pulled you up here in a little while. Y'all give it up for Justin. He's going to be like, I ain't sitting front row next time. Right? When my soul clings to something. No, hug me. This, listen, for real. My soul is to cling to the Lord, and I don't let go. I lock my hands, and I'm like, God, I'm not letting you go. Like, y'all are sitting there going, this is awkward. (laughs) This is what it's supposed to look like spiritually. My soul clings to you, Lord, and your right hand upholds me. This should be our spouse to where we cling, and we're like, I ain't letting you go. I'm not letting you go. I'm going to cling and adhere to you. Y'all give it up for Justin for an awkward illustration. Right? So let me give you three quick points. Three quick points. Y'all are like, quick. Yeah, right. No, I'm serious. Listen. Here we go. We have to learn to close the gap between intention and action. I think many of us have good intentions in our marriage. But we never show the intention. That's like me going, I intend to get in shape this year. But I never go get a gym membership. And I never get up and go to the gym. I intend this afternoon to go to the YMCA and work out. But when this afternoon comes, I'm sitting there eating a ding dong in the recliner watching Sports Center. Right? Intention doesn't mean anything without action. So I want to give you three quick things today. Number one, when you think something good, say it. It's simple, right? When you think something good, what? Say it. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says this: But encourage one another day after day. Not on, it doesn't say on Valentine's Day, in Easter, in birthdays, in anniversaries. I'm trying to make it all round. In Christmas, it says, day after day, encourage one another. Encourage one another day after day as long as, it is, as long as it is still called today so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin can I tell you what the writer of Hebrews is telling us right there if we don't speak encouragement into other people's lives we become hard to sin here's why because I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to us and tells us to give encouraging words to people and when we ignore him his voice gets a little bit quieter in our soul because we're closing the door a little bit more and it's just muffled each time. He says, "He says, encourage one another day after day. Let me ask you this. When is the last time you spoke something encouraging to your spouse? Encouraging. Not, hey babe, good job on dinner tonight. Not, hey, you finally threw your drawers in the, in the clothes hamper. But I'm talking about this. Like, men, listen, men, we've got to learn to do this. This is going to be and I already told this to somebody today, and they looked at me, and they said, what's that mean? Listen, we have to learn to pursue her non-sexually. Listen, men, we can, we'll pursue sexually all day long. We'll slap her on the butt when we walk by. We'll talk about, girl, that's what I'm talking about right there, right? We've got to learn to pursue her with words of affirmation, with words of love, with words of, of care. With words of affection, non-sexual words. Here's what that looks like. Tell her she looks beautiful today. Not, don't, don't say sexy. Say beautiful. Your soul is beautiful to me. Look at her and say this. I'd marry you again tomorrow. Seriously, I'd marry you again tomorrow. I'd spend $15 billion on a wedding just to walk down the aisle to marry you again because I love you that much. You've enriched my life, and fill in the blank. I love you because, and fill in the blank. Ladies, listen, men, we got to pursue her with words of affection. Ladies, we need you to pursue us with words of affirmation. I told men, don't just pursue non-sexually. Ladies, don't just pursue non-sexually. Pursue with words of affirmation and affection as well. Listen, here's what most men need. They need to know that you love them for who they are. That we're doing a good job taking care of you. That we're doing everything that we can and you see it. Encourage each other day after day because here's the thing I want you to understand, ladies. He will become what you see in Him. Hear me. He will become what you see in Him. I know you think Men, we do this too. I know you think that they can't hear what you're saying about them when you're just in a group at Starbucks with your boys or with your girls. But spiritually, it defines something in their life. He will become what you see in him. Tell him. Men, you're doing a great job leading this house spiritually. I am so thankful that you're going to church with me now, and here's why. I am so grateful. Like, it means a lot to me to wake up in the morning and see your Bible cracked open because you read it before I even woke up this morning. Words of affirmation. Men, she wants to know this. Do you love me? Men, she wants to know that. Listen, my wife, three times this week, three times this week, randomly, I'm a sarcastic guy. I like to joke around. She looked at me randomly. Words weren't even being spoken. And she said this. She said, do you love me? And I just looked at her and I was like, yeah I love you are you kidding me I said have you looked in the mirror lately yeah I love you girl she said this she said no I mean do you like really love me like if I get old and wrinkly and nasty looking one day seriously this conversations some of you ladies are like that ain't funny I had that conversation yesterday I looked at her and said, yeah, I love you, because your looks are a bonus to who you really are. She wants to know, do you love her? Men, our ladies, we as men, we want to know, do you believe in me? Do you believe in the dreams and the goals that I have for my life and my marriage? Do you believe in me? The second thing we need to do is when you think something good, do it. Can I share with you a verse that has really convicted me? in about every area of my life lately it's we we mentioned it a while back but it's James 4:17 it says this therefore to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him it is sin can okay, listen to me that has affected me personally in every area of my life I've looked at Pastor Travis over the past few weeks since I started really studying the Scripture, and I've looked at him and said, I know this is what we need to do in the church to move forward, and now that I know that, if I don't do it, I'm sinning. So before you jump on somebody else's decision in their life, you have to know, do they think that? It, do they know that it's right in the eyes of the Lord? Because if they don't do it, it doesn't matter if you agree with it, and it matters is if it's sin in God's eyes. If you think something good, do it. Like, go out on a date. If they're having a rough day or a rough week, book a babysitter. Book a hotel. Right? Get your reservations at a restaurant. I don't care if it is Wendy's. Like, I'm serious. Go somewhere and look at them when they get home and go, baby, go get ready go go, get dressed up dress nice look good we're going to forget about the week the babies are going to the babysitter they're taken care of we're going out because it's me and you tonight baby if you think something good do it you know I should probably send my wife an edible arrangement this week it's not valentine's day though yeah but I should probably still do it oh well if you think something good just do it Well, I don't have the money for that make one Get a bunch of oranges and put it on a skewer stick and send it to her. It's edible, and I arranged it. So here we go. (laughs) If you can't afford roses, go find somebody that's got a rose bush in their yard. Wait till they're at work. If you think something good, do it. It doesn't matter how cheesy it is. Do you know something? This is really cheesy. And I laugh at it all the time. But you know what? I wrote this about 15 years ago and it's still at my house today. I wouldn't have known until this week if she would have thrown it away. Truth. truth, Because I asked for it this week says I was like, I need that poem for an illustration. Do it. Stop worrying about it. Just do it. Do what he loves to do. If he likes to play golf, go be a caddy. Seriously, if she likes to shop, men, suck it up. Go walk around the store with her for an hour, and then go, you know what? You should go get your nails done, and then take her to get her nails done, and you go somewhere else. There's an out. You're welcome. Thirty bucks, and you ain't got to walk around the store anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, do what they enjoy. We're having some fun today, but it's practical too. For he who knows what is good to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin. Pursue one another. Know how she needs to be pursued sexually. Listen, can I, I just, I just, I get asked, you know the two leading causes for divorce in the world today? Money and sex. Money and sex. Most money problems would be handled if you just buy into God's commands of it. Do it the way God said tithe and bless the rest and let him take care of it and be good stewards of it. Sex, listen, men, don't expect her to be like a Corvette that goes from zero to 100 in three seconds. Pursue her. Seriously, pursue her. Ladies, just look at him a different way and he'll be all right. No, I'm just kidding. Find out. No, listen to me. I'm, di- I'm being dead serious right now. Find out what they need to know that they're aff- affectionately, Pursued by you and do it. Go spend time together. If he wants to throw axes downtown Columbia, then you go down there and you throw axes at a target. If he likes top golf, take him to top golf. It doesn't matter what it is. And the third one, the last one is this. Let, let me give you this one too. Listen, I'm dead serious. Y'all are going to think this is a shameless plug, but it's not. If she enjoys or he enjoys serving at his church, serve with him. Serve with them. I'm dead serious. You wanna know what'll draw you closer together? Listen to me. Pursue God together and serve your church together. I'm not kidding you, I've seen more marriages come light years since they began serving God, pursuing God together and serving church together. That's the truth. The last thing is this, and it's quick. It's the most important one though. When you want something different, be it. Come on. When you think something good, say it. When you think something good, do it. When you want something different, be it. Be it. We can't walk around. Most relationships are like this. Write this down. Change always starts with me, not them. Change always starts with me. Because most relationships, we walk around with a magnifying glass. And we're looking at their imperfections and what gets on my nerves. I can't believe you talk to me like that. You're too sarcastic to me. You're this. You don't care. You don't love me. You don't listen to me. You don't this. You don't that. And before we know it, three years in, and all we're doing is picking apart each other's mess-ups. And we're looking through a magnifying glass at everybody's life. Aren't you glad? Then in our lives, Jesus put the magnifying glass down. And in relationships, we need to pick up the mirror. Change doesn't start with this change always starts right here because what does a mirror do it gives you a pure reflection of you of who you are and what you need to do if you want something different look in the mirror put down the magnifying glass pick up the mirror and go god show me many of us spend more time on the imperfections on our faith our face than we do on our faith pick up the mirror and go god show me They're distant. What do I need to do? God, they won't even love me. What do I need to do? Put down, listen to me, this will change your whole relationship. Put down the magnifying glass and don't pick it back up. Pick up the mirror and go, God, it starts with me. Every time, everywhere, everything starts with me. Find out what I got to do. Man, she just acts like she don't even enjoy my company anymore. Give her a reason to. Look at me right here. Brandon, what do you need to do to be better? You follow me? Think something good, say it. Think something good, do it. Want something different, be it. Here's the the last scripture I want to share with you, and it's a spiritual scripture. But you know, a a spiritual relationship is very symbolic of a marriage as well. In fact, we are called His bride. uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. You can write it down and go read it later. It says this. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen. And repent and do the deeds you did at first. Or else I'm coming to you. And we'll remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Listen to me. If you want what you once had. Do what you once did. If you want to be pursued, learn to pursue. Chocolates and flowers one time a year ain't going to do it. But notes all year round. Text messages all year round. He's so stressed and distant now. Pursue, 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 pursue. If you want what you once had, do what you once did. If you want what you've never had, then you have to do what you've never done. We can never lose our sense of pursuit. Because then we just look and go, I got gotcha. you. And I was playing the game. And since I passed go and collected $200 and put a ring on your finger and we share a house together, and we have kids together. doesn't mean that you can't become glorified roommates in a real quick time. Pursue. Pursue out of love. Pursue God first. Pursue them second out of love. Because here's what I'll tell you. Listen, I know that some of you are sitting out there today and going, I don't want to pursue Him. I don't like the person that He's become. I don't even like the person that she's become. The more you pursue, the more you'll fall back in love. I've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Pursue with everything in lives will change. Your marriage will shift and rise to another occasion simply because we will do what we have to do to pursue God and pursue our spouse. Listen, I know you're sitting out there and you're going, I was waiting on something groundbreaking. The truth of the matter is, he's already written everything about relationships in the book. We just got to be smart enough to go and read it. Will you do something for me if you're sitting with your spouse Right now, will you just grab their hand? If you're not, that's okay. Just squeeze your own hand. Like, I'm holding... No, listen, for real. I'm holding the hand of my future spouse. Because if you're not praying for them, you should. And you should go ahead and be the change you want. Be the one the one you're looking for is looking for. We talked about that last week. And here's what we do. Let's pray together. And Just say, God, give me... Give me that sense of pursuit back. Let me just pursue you with all that I have. Let me look like a fool with a, whatever it is. God, I'll look like a fool to chase you. I'll look like a fool to chase my spouse. I don't care anymore. God, I just pray right now over every person in the room, every couple, every individual, everybody that is married, will be married, short, short-term short married, God, that, that, that's just going to be married in the short term. God, whatever it is, people that are looking None of that matters. God, I just pray that we'd have our sense of pursuit because we can't really factually pursue others until we know how to pursue you. You have to be our first love. Let us pursue you with all that we have. And God, let us not in our marriage and our relationships lose our sense of pursuit. Let us pursue with everything that we have. Let us pursue sexually, non-sexually, affirmation, affection. God, let us think when we think something good, say it. Let us when we think something good, do it. Let us when we want change, be the change first. God, I just pray right now. I believe there's a lot of people that have been holding up a magnifying glass in their own life and in the lives of their spouse. And God, I just pray that we put the magnifying glass down. And we pick up the mirror and say, God, change me. Change me. Change whatever I need to change. Change me because I want to be the spouse my spouse is praying for. God, I just know that right now you're restoring marriages. I've already seen it. Just after one week, you're restoring marriages, you're healing hearts, you're bandaging wounds. And God, I'm so grateful that we can come together and have fun while learning your word. And God, I thank you. I'll go ahead and just begin to speak next week the knot gets tighter. All this week and into next week's message, the knot gets tighter. God, we honor you. We worship you with all that we have. We pursue you and our spouse, and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Will you put your hands together and believe that God is doing something in your life?